BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey there, you're listening to the Lazy Genius Podcast. I am Kendra Adachi, and I'm here to help you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Today is episode 283, and it is a conversation with my beloved Shannon Martin. Shannon is the author of some of my favorite books ever, including Falling Free, The Ministry of Ordinary Places, and the recent book, Start With Hello, and other simple ways to live as neighbors. Shannon and I talk about the challenges of being a neighbor, especially after so long of not really being in connection with anyone, why it matters, and we share some pretty personal stories about our own insecurities in being a person who shows up, even in the tiniest ways of saying hello. Emily P. Freeman described Shannon as a sidewalk poet, and uh, she is very much that. That is such a good description. Shannon is a fierce, passionate person who cares so deeply about helping us be neighbors in ways that actually matter. And I cannot wait for you to listen. So here is my conversation with Shannon Martin. We should talk more just as human beings and not when we're doing a podcast interview. I agree. It makes me kind of of sad. I know. I know. We decided we'll do it. One of the things that you are so good at sharing with us is just really great ways to start small and being a person and being a friend mm-hmm. and being a neighbor. And that's, we, we're just going to start small with that. It's like, we're realizing now yeah. we don't talk enough. And now we're like, you know what? I'm going to put something before we get off. I want to put something on the calendar where we're just like, let's, let's have like a zoom, let's have a zoom morning coffee or something yes. like that. Let's FaceTime and just like chat. We need we'll to decide do. once Kendra. We will. We will. <laughs> let's so do good. It. How many principles do you think we can name in this conversation? <laughs> um, okay. So I, I already kind of, um, introed, uh, your new book, which I'm so excited about. I realized my, I endorse this book, everybody. And I think all my endorsement says is like, this is the book we've been waiting for. <laughs> so excited about it. I was like, I don't even know what else to say. Oh. This is just the book that we've been waiting for. So, well, I mean, that means the world to me for you to feel that way and to say that and to have endorsed the book. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, tell everybody why this book and why now? Yeah. So uh, this is my third book coming out. Start with hello. Um, and, and it follows the thread that began with my first book and my second book. So falling free ministry of ordinary places, there's a thread through all of them of me living in this neighborhood, which my family moved to maybe 11 years ago. So it sounds like such a long time and it feels like a minute. Um, but 
but moving to this neighborhood launched us into the space, me particularly, just within myself and as our family, but you know, we're individuals too. Um, and so it launched me into the space of wanting to know and really grasp what does it mean to live as a neighbor? Why does it matter? Um, you know, what's the deal here? And, and just learning how to do it and, and failing many times at doing it. And mostly learning from my actual neighbors, learning how to do it from the people around me who have taught me so generously. Um, so after my first two books, what I found was people were saying to me things like, we really loved your book. It's great, but how do we do it? And I would be here like, I just wrote two whole books about how to do it. Like, what do you what? want for me, you guys? <laughs> but I knew that there was, that there was still more to say. And, and what, what there was to say was a very stripped down, basic, simplified version of how do we do this thing? And it's really, you know, a lot of authors will, will say this, but this is the book that I desperately wanted and needed when I moved into this place 11 years ago. And even before then, you know, in a way that I didn't quite understand that I needed it. But I think we are just, we're in a place right now, we're coming out of, you know, a time of isolation. We are existing in a place of deep division and kind of side-eyeing each other and feeling like we're being side-eyed and, you know, how does this work? What, what is this project that we're all kind of a part of? And it, you know, it almost feels like an experiment. Like, can we make this work together? We're not sure we can. And so that's the why now, I mean, this is, this is the field guide. I don't like to think of it as a how-to book because I still really rely on story. That's my main method of writing and really understanding the world. And so it's, it's very story driven, but it's also really kind of step-by-step. Step, this is how to do the thing. And we need it right now because, you know, we, we keep kind of inching towards what feels like the edge of a cliff as a culture, as a society, it feels so scary. And I think if we really started to look each other in the eye, it would just feel much less scary. So how can, so here's what I hear when you say those words, I'm like, yes, Shannon, you're right. And then I'm like, that feels enormous. Mm -hmm. It I feels know. enormous, which is why <laughs> you wrote the book though, because the book yeah. is not full of enormous solutions. No. The book is full of the tiniest, the tiniest, wonderful solutions. Yep. So, cause we are a start small community around here. And so yeah. I would just love for you to share practically like one or two things from the book of ways that we can't, uh, I mean, the title is start with hello. Like that's yeah. maybe the smallest way that you could begin in saying like being in community with someone is just looking them in the eye and saying, hello. Yeah. Um, but I would love to hear a couple of ways that we can make that uh, smaller. Yeah. I mean, that's really how we landed on the title and it feels so obvious in hindsight, but it, it really was challenging to land there. <laughs> Book but, titles are the worst, man. It's that's the worst. so hard. <laughs> but in hindsight, I mean, it really, that, it, it's just the essence of the book that it is the, the tiniest little simple baby step. And, and we don't have to find ourselves like overnight, we are Fred Rogers. I mean, that's not going to happen. It hasn't happened to me in 11 years. You know, it's a, it's, it's an ongoing decision. It's a kind of a, a posture where I'm choosing to say every day with my life in different ways, um, and very quiet, small ways. I understand that 
that living here in this place near these people matters for some reason. It matters. And I want to spend my life, whether I stay here forever, whether I move on, you know, I want to spend my life really understanding that being connected to the people close to me is significant. Even if I can't always say why, but just having that belief within me that it matters. And like you said, I mean, just saying hi to people. Number one, my, my, my most simple and basic step. And I start the book with this. And I talk about this a lot on Instagram and all the places paying attention to this physical world, paying attention to the sky, paying attention to the ground, to the trees, to the homes, to our neighborhoods, um, whatever they might look like, whether they're brand new to us, whether we've been in these places forever, but really deciding that we're going to honor this place that we are with our attentiveness leads us to a place where we begin to to notice um, what changes and what stays the same around us. And it ultimately leads us to each other so that we can begin to kind of recognize each other. And then we can begin to say hello. And, you know, every relationship that we have right now, whether it's, you know, a really meaningful relationship or just kind of a casual acquaintanceship, they all did start with hello. They started with that simple act of acknowledgement and attentiveness and, and understanding that there's some type of secret power in that. Mm -hmm. There was, that reminds me, I hadn't thought about this in a long time, but that reminds me of, uh, there was a season where I was taking a walk around my neighborhood the same time of day. It was during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember because everything is different now than it was then, (laughs) but I would take kind of the same route and it was a longer route, um, through the neighborhood. And I would run into this, not, not literally, but I would pass this guy who was probably, he was probably 17 or 18 and, um, walking his dog. And, um, every time I passed him, you know, I would smile, like I'm friendly and I mm-hmm. look and I, I mean, I say hello and it's like, hello, but, but we would pass each other. It was like several days in a row that we would pass each other around the same part of the street. And one time I said, I don't even remember what I said, but I just sort of acknowledged like, you're the guy always walking his dog. <laughs> I'm the lady always walking. We always meet right here. And I just said, I'm Kendra. What's your name? And I don't even remember what his name was. Yeah. And honestly, I never saw him after that, Yeah, which I could be, he, as I say that out loud, it could be that I scared him away or it just could be that I stopped walking that route. <laughs> but like the, I, I understand the vulnerability mm-hmm. of even saying hello to somebody yeah. But that attentiveness, I just love that you just said, honor the place you are with your attentiveness. If I hadn't really been paying attention and just noticing this kid, yeah, I wouldn't have noticed him again and again right. and again. And I knew that he probably, well, maybe he didn't, but maybe he recognized me as well, that it was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is this lady I keep seeing and, and how that there is a vulnerability in that, but everything starts there. Every single relationship starts there. You have lived where you live for 11 years. I've lived where I live for almost 11 years. Holy moly. Yeah. For almost 11 years. And I just want to say out loud to everyone listening, not from like a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not from like a, like see woe is me or any of that, but just from a reality check. I know the names of all my neighbors. Mm-hmm. I do. I know the names of all my neighbors. Have any of them ever had a meal in my house? No. Mm-hmm. Now the ones who live next door to us, 
um, we, it's a rental. And so families come through yeah. there pretty regularly, yeah. but, and we did have a couple of those families that were there. We did have them over for dinner once. And so it's kind of like, so it's not like, I feel like I'm trying to like, uh, put myself up here. Like I've had some people over for dinner before, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, like I have relationship. I think we have in our, here's what it is. I think we have in our heads that there is this specific picture of if we're not doing these 10 things or whatever with our yeah. neighbors, we're not actually being a neighbor. Yeah. And so because of that, we don't start at all. Right. Because we can't get to a place of saying like, yes, I have dinner with all of my neighbors, right. or I know the names of all of their children, or I know like most of the people who live around me, actually everybody who lives in direct connection with me are retirees, mm -hmm. empty nesters or single women. There are no little kids like right yeah. around me, none of them. And so there's not a, um, it doesn't feel like there's a natural pathway mm -hmm. in like, let's have dinner because right. our, there's not like, we don't have the same life stage. And so I basically, I'm feel like I'm sort of rambling here, but just to say, you said you're still learning this and you are an active, attentive neighbor. Like you're, you're paying attention to this in a way that probably most people aren't. And you've been in the same place for 11 years and you're still learning. Mm -hmm. I really care about my neighbors and I say hello and I'm not afraid to do that. And it doesn't look like the way I think people think it looks. Yeah. Like it takes yeah. its own path. It takes its time. And so yep. it's like, I just don't want anybody to think that if you cannot make your um, relationships with your actual neighbors in proximity to you look a very, very specific way, then you shouldn't try at all. That is just, yes. that's where, that's why we yeah. stay stuck. Right. It's very slow work and it's allowed to be slow and we are allowed to accept that it's slow. Um, I have so many things I want to say to that. First of all, I think it's a really big deal that, you know, the names of your neighbors, first of all, <laughs> like that's one of the simple steps I talk about in start with hello. That's a, that is a simple thing that many of us, it, it's not even that we neglect to do it. We have all different kinds of reasons that we don't necessarily know the names of our closest neighbors. There are some neighbors on my block whose names I don't know, um, but I think it is a big deal to be, to be awake and available in the world so that when we have opportunities to make those connections, we don't miss them. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be about like going door to door, although I'm not above that either. <laughs> that has its place. But you know, that we are just, that we are, that we understand that there's a certain kind of safety and security in knowing and being known by the people around us. That's the first thing I want to say. Like, you know, I, it, sometimes we get this idea into our minds, or maybe I'm just speaking for myself that like people are scary. Um, you know, yeah. that, that we've got to kind of keep our distance and, and keep those walls up. I'm not talking about being best friends forever with all of the next door neighbors or going on vacations together. Although I think that would be really cool at some point. What I'm talking about is just this, this simple, basic level of care that, that we can know that the people closest to us have our backs and that they know that we have their backs, you know, whatever that, whatever that looks like, whatever that might mean for our future. I also want to say that I use the word neighbor really loosely. So I do think it's significant to to know that the people in the homes or the apartments or whatever around us. But I also think, you know, the coffee shop that we visit regularly, 
um, the grocery store, the library, you know, all these places where our, our lives intersect with the lives of people around us. If our lives are intersecting, we are neighbors and, and that can mean something to us. Um, but the, the last point I want to make that feels somehow related here is that I am a deep and true introvert and I fight, I fight myself all the time. I, I have to push myself past my place of like base level comfort, which is inside with the door closed, reading a book, (laughs) nobody talking to me, nobody looking at me. And so that's where I say like 11 years in, I'm still a work in progress because I've learned over time in a way that is really pretty across the board that when I have pushed myself past that, that base level of comfort, I have never once, I have been awkward many times, many times have I been awkward and felt awkward, but I have never walked away from those encounters feeling like, well, that was a waste of time. You know, like your story of, of saying hi to the guy. I, I believe with my whole heart and soul, Kendra, that that mattered, that it was meaningful, even though you never saw him again, it really matters right now for people to just to look upon us with kindness, to notice us. Um, there's a woman who walks past my window. I've, I, she's, she walks to and from town multiple times a day. I have met her before. She has never been inside my home. She's not, I've not had dinner, had her for dinner or whatever, but there's just something meaningful to me. I just saw her, I don't know, 45 minutes ago walking past. And it's like, just that acknowledgement of, okay, it, it's grounding. Like, this is where I am. Yeah. These are the people around me. I'm not close friends with her, but if something happened to her, I would notice. Yeah. And, and there's something to that. There's something yeah. powerful to that. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Squarespace. I don't know if you've checked out my website lately, but she just got an upgrade and we did it with Squarespace. With Squarespace, it is so easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. My team recently updated our Squarespace site to use Fluid Engine, a next generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag and drop technology for desktop or mobile. It's seriously so cool. It's mobile layout display. It lets us see what people see on their own mobile devices as we make edits and updates. And 78% of you visit the site on your mobile device. So making sure what you see looks and performs the way it's meant to matters to me. If you want to build a new website, try out Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash lazy genius to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Rosetta Stone. Last year, Kaz and I went to Italy and holy moly, what a trip. The museums, the food, the culture. At least once a week, I still think about the gelato. One thing that would have been nice, though, is to know actual Italian. We used translation apps and we made it work, but I love that I can start learning new languages for future trips now with Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with 25 languages to choose from. I can learn on the go with downloadable offline lessons in the app or at my desktop. My favorite feature, though, is true 
true accent, which gives me feedback on how well I'm pronouncing words as I'm learning them. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Lazy Genius Podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com genius. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com genius today. I found Olive in June in 2020 when we were all looking for new hobbies and things to do. Well, now almost four years later, doing my nails at home with my daughter, Annie, and Olive in June's Manny system is still one of the things I look forward to every week. Olive in June makes it easy to get a salon-worthy manicure from the comfort of your home. The Manny system has everything you need in one box, salon-grade tools designed just for DIY, and your choice of six polish colors. And y'all, the colors they make are stunning. Annie and I just tried out their new colors for Valentine's day i'm wearing love note a sparkly nude that matches my skin tone and annie is wearing bouquet a shimmery pink that matches her personality plus olive and june's polish is chip resistant and lasts for seven days visit oliveandjune.com slash lazy genius for 20 percent off your first manny system that's o-l-i-v-e-a-n-d-j-u-n-e.com slash l-a-z-y-g-e-n-i-u-s for 20 percent off your first manny system This episode is sponsored by Ritual. The days are getting longer, but it's still tough to get the recommended vitamin D from sunshine alone, not to mention the risks we take with sun exposure. That's why I love that my multivitamin is helping me out. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus, that's the one I take, was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. And for someone like me who likes to move but has glass knees, I'll take all the extra support from my multivitamin I can get. Ritual's multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, flute and major allergen free, and gentle on an empty stomach. Plus, each bottle has a minty essence that makes taking them actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash lazy genius. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash lazy genius for 20% off. There are three men who not to get two men walk together. And then there's one man who walks alone every morning. Mm-hmm. And I notice when they're not walking Yeah, or like, if the two men who walk together, if, if it's just one of them, I'm like, is the other one? Okay. Is, that, yes. is the other one on vacation? Like what's right. going on? You know, like you're right that, that att- at this, the smallness, but the significance of yeah. just being attentive yeah. to where you are is so important. I think, um, you know, you mentioned you have like a loose, um, definition of the word neighbor, And I just want to acknowledge, because you said the word apartment as well. I just want to acknowledge too, that a lot of times when we get information, this is why I love your book so much too. A lot of times when we get sort of um, practical or even sort of like philosophical information about being a neighbor, very often we're hearing it from people who live in the suburbs, who live on streets, who live in single family homes with Mm -hmm. porches and all of Mm -hmm. that. And that there is a... um, I think an embedded challenge in say living in an apartment, yeah. living where there's not maybe as much of a communal place, like, or, um, that your rhythms are just different living in a big city, you know, like yeah. all of those different things. And so if you are someone who is not in a sort of 
traditional like suburban neighborhood or something with streets and porches, this book is still written for you. It has help and tools and stories that are um, relevant to all kinds of people and all kinds of neighbors. So I just want to make sure that anybody who's like, well, it's another book on neighboring and I don't have a yard (laughs) to build a fire pit. So I guess I'm out, you know, like, right. 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 That's not real. That's not what this book is. So I just want to make sure that that, that that is clear too. Well, and a lot of my friends, Kendra, you, you kind of know this, but you know, the neighborhood we moved into, um, is, is a really diverse place in every sense of the word. And one of the, in one sense is that it's like a lower income neighborhood. Um, and so we have economic diversity around us, you know, any type of diversity you can think of is present here in this place. And that, that does mean, like you said, this is a neighborhood that people come and go. There are a ton of rental properties. So that's, that's part of the fabric of my place. The other point is that my husband, Corey works as the chaplain of the County jail. Um, this is a neighborhood where a lot of his friends coming out of incarceration might land. And that's just brings a different element to it. And I think of my work at the window. I work at, as a cook two days a week at sort of our soup kitchen, our community soup kitchen. And a lot of, a lot of my acquaintances and friends there are homeless. And so my point being, this is not about how to be a neighbor in the suburbs, although it works for the suburbs, right? You know, because I I know a a lot of us, that, that is where we live. Um, but it's more about the, it's less about kind of the, the, the place or the home or whatever, looking a certain way. And I really kind of belabored that point in the book that, that it's really, we, we come to think that being a neighbor is about, you know, having our homes look a certain way, being a good cook, being comfortable, entertaining. And really it's, it's, if, if we're to the point of trying to entertain, we've kind of missed it. Yeah. You know, if we can really allow ourselves the comfort and the space to, to drop all of that, to scale way back and to just think of these basic moments that can often build up to somebody sitting at our dining room table with us or on our back patio or whatever that may, may be. I mean, that's often part of it. And that's been a part of it for me and for my family, but it starts way earlier than that. And it starts at a much more simple, basic level where really the goal is here I am. Like, this is who I am in my daily, just sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Um, This is what I'm like. This is what I look like. This is the state of my home. It's chaos right now, even in this moment. I mean, there's stuff everywhere, but to be able to say, you know, if somebody knocks on my door that I could welcome them in without feeling like, oh no, what I have isn't good enough, or I'm not prepared, or I'm a mess, or I'm still in my pajamas, or, you know, all the things that have happened to me so many times. Um, But understanding that, that we're really all looking for the same things, no matter who we are, where we live, um, no matter if we are just coming out of incarceration, or we are fighting through addiction, or, you know, any number of situations, we want to be known, we want to be generous, we want to be trusted. Um, we want to be heard and seen. And, and so coming to that place of starting to build those simple steps into like this long haul project of getting better at these little things and letting it build slowly over time and knowing that when we do those things, 
we, we do ultimately feel less alone. We feel less afraid. We feel less cynical. Um, we feel more connected. We, we understand on a little bit of a different level, what does it really look like to belong? Mm -hmm. That's the goal. This is a community that really values empathy and, um, which I am so grateful for and appreciate. Yeah. And one of the things that, that I feel like is important to share with having you here is that you have been a kind of singular voice for me and a singular companion for me in moments where I have felt incredibly awkward or incredibly uncomfortable, um, in my moving into spaces and in interactions with people who look different than me, who live different than me. And you guys, whenever there have been several times where, um, I have had, like, I took my kids to the black barbershop to get their haircut mm -hmm. one time. And there was, I felt really uncomfortable because I was the only white lady there. My kids aren't even white. You know, my kids yeah. are like, my kids are mixed race. And I was the only white person there. And it was very obvious. And there have been other times like that where I have been the only white person in a room. Mm -hmm. And you were one of the first people who said to me in the kindest, most loving way, because I was like, it just feels, it just felt really hard. It felt important, but it felt really hard. And you said, I don't even know if you remember saying this to me, but you said back in the day, I think it was actually, it was a, it was when one of my sons was invited to a birthday party. And we went to this person's home and there were multiple cultures that were represented there. And I was the only white person there. And I was like, oh, I feel really uncomfortable. And you said, what a gift though, that you get to experience the discomfort that a lot of those people feel yeah. in the places that you are comfortable. Yeah. And I've never forgotten that. I've never forgotten that, that every moment where I feel awkward is a way for me to work the muscle of empathy in yeah. recognizing at least in the tiniest bit of what the experience of someone who is more, more marginalized in America yeah. is like, yeah. and that, that alone, that alone is enough value. If there is no continuation of that relationship, That's you know, it. like that, right. that is so valuable. And so you mentioned, you know, you mentioned like being awkward before, and I just kind of want to bring that up that like every moment of us being awkward, no matter the reason in a relationship is showing us that we can be, yes. it's showing us that we can be, yes. and that we're more okay with it the next time it happens. And then it helps us identify and see and be attentive to use that word that you used before to be attentive in the places that we are with the people that we see that like, Oh, I bet they feel really uncomfortable right now. Yeah. Yeah. We can survive awkwardness. We can, yes, we can. <laughs> and we learn, I mean, we learn over and over again. And I, you know, if, if one of the things I think there, there are plenty of barriers holding us back holding us away from each other. And I think the fear of awkwardness is one of them for me. It yeah, definitely absolutely. is. And, and so I, you know, I'm here to say, if you're afraid that it might be awkward, it will be, it will be, <laughs> it will be like, let, let me just like ease your mind right now that there's nothing you can do about that other than lean into it. And, and I also recommend putting yourself on the other side of that. So like, imagine somebody coming to you and being a little awkward. I don't ever walk away from that feeling like, oh, wow, what is wrong with them? I walk away feeling like, oh, thank God. Like they, they don't have it all together. They're just a human doing their best. So I get to just be a human doing my best and we can be awkward together. And there can be a lot of grace for this. Um, 
I, I love, I totally remember the barbershop story. I remember having these conversations with you and I've always appreciated your, your willingness to just do the thing, to push through the awkwardness that is inevitable. Um, an example that comes to my mind in a similar way is that, you know, I, some of my neighbors speak Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. I took three years of high school Spanish and I retained very little, (laughs) (laughs) but I have learned and it feels very awkward every time. I mean, uh, uh, most of my neighbors over time have really, their English has gotten much, much better. My Spanish has not improved, (laughs) but Though, though communicating together has become easier over time, it's important for me to try to speak in Spanish to them because it reminds me, like they get a huge kick out of it. They think it's funny. And so that can be a connecting thing, <laughs> but it gives me that feeling of like, you know, this is what, this is what others feel like this discomfort of trying to speak a language that is not our first language is really a humbling experience. So anytime we have that opportunity to just kind of, to reset our our posture to a place of humility, um, to be the one who needs something or the one who asks for help first, that's one of my favorite ideas, one of my favorite simple steps in in working towards living as neighbors is to be the one to ask for help and show up needy. I mean, all of these things run counter to so much of what we've been taught and told, but it's, it's in those small acts that, like you said, it, even if that's all that encounter ever is, it's, it's changing us. It's shaping us. And I, and I really believe that even, you know, the other people or the other person involved, like it leaves a mark. And those are the interactions that ultimately bring us together that, that take us away from this idea of me and bring us back to the center of us together. That reminds me of a story. There was a, a kid that we knew years ago and he died tragically um, when he was 20, I think. And at his funeral, one of his friends was giving a eulogy and said something like, um, he always, and this was in, you know, he grew up in a Christian family. He was in a church. And that was why it was my favorite thing when this friend said, he always uh, would ask people on the street for a cigarette. Like when he would, he would rather, like he would, um, rather than going up and just like, without looking, putting a few coins in a cup or yeah. whatever it was, he would go up to that person and bum a cigarette off. Of yes. Them. Because what it did oh. is it made them feel like they had something to offer. Yes. And, and it was, I just remember being like, absolutely blown away yeah. by that example. And, um, that's beautiful. And so I love that. I love that very simple step of like, you can be the first one, just be the first one to ask because there is something for sure. Cause like there are very many people who are listening to this who are for sure white. And then I would say even a, a large subsect of those people are uh, profess faith in Jesus, right. Mm-hmm. That they would say that they are yeah. Christians and that there is something that we have been taught Mm-hmm. And that is like in the water of evangelical culture yeah. that we are out to save and yeah. that we are out to be, uh, the people who are going to um, offer all the solutions and all the help yeah. as opposed to, like you said, just said, resetting our posture to one of humility and that we get to ask, we're not coming in. We're not swooping in right. to be like, yes, how can I help you? It's like, do you have this? I lock myself out of my house. Can I use right. your phone? Um, I like, even just like 
anything, you know, anything, anything. at all. Any, yes. It doesn't even matter what it is, anything at all. And it doesn't matter what kind of neighborhood that you live in, right. like still do this, you know, that you can still put yourself in the position of humility and that you are asking for help and that you can seek connection with someone. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm so glad that you told that because it rem- I haven't thought about that story of that kid. And I love that story example. Yeah. Yeah. We are, we would rather be the ones with butter, like the ones giving the butter. <laughs> It's the truth. And, and because that's a fact for most of us, that is our reminder that it's so important for us to, to step away from this cultural thing that says independence is such a virtue when interdependence, like leaning on each other, taking turns, celebrating together and suffering together, even in really small ways is a much safer and beautiful and funny and delicious way to live, you know, like it just, it just is. Yeah. So I want to ask you one more question, um, before we go. And that is we, we kind of reframe things a lot around here. Um, because I think a lot of like cultural definitions, uh, need some rework, (laughs) need to be reworked a little bit. And I know that you feel that way about the word hospitality. And so I think that's a, a really lovely place to sort of like put an end here is like, how would you define or want to reframe hospitality? How would you reframe hospitality? I, I, it, it needs a PR manager badly. (laughs) It's such a terrible word. It's so fancy. And, you know, I grew up in evangelicalism too. Like it's so like, it's so Christiany in a way that's unhelpful. Um, I haven't found a really suitable, like one word replacement, But I would say a working definition is asking for what we need and offering what we can. Hmm. And and so it puts us on both sides of that equation, which is really important. If we are only helping, if we are only giving, we are like, and I, there have been times in my life that I have postured myself that way in the beginning, especially of this journey. If I'm the one always giving, I'm basically a very poorly run nonprofit, very disorganized (laughs) and shoddy. And that's not, that doesn't lend itself to living as neighbors. You know, that's, we've got to be, we've got to be on both sides of that. So yeah, that's, that's where I would land. That's, that was so much better than any answer I could have hoped for. And I knew it would be good. Oh man. Asking for what we need and offering what we have or offering what we can. Oh, that's just so good. It's so good. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I really, really cannot tell you guys enough how good this book is. I mean, Shannon is a, um, just a beautiful, Emily calls you a sidewalk poet. And I love that. Just that. Makes oh my me gosh. So happy. It's like the perfect description, um, that you guys, Shannon is in, in like, it's kind of annoying, um, how good of a writer she is. And so it is just a beautiful uh, experience to read her books, but there is also like this, um, rootedness to, your stories. There's a practicality to, um, kind of the takeaways from them. And I think that this book embodies that just tremendously. I mean, when I say it's like the book we've been waiting for, it really is like, I know that this is a community that you'll read this book and you're like, thank you. Because it, it meets the needs that we have for being neighbors, being neighborly. And also, like you said, being on both sides of that coin. Yeah. And there are practical, small 
ways for this, as you call it, this long haul work. And so I'm just, I can't wait for you guys to read it. So please, please go and get Start With Hello by Shannon Martin. Shannon with two A's. There's no O in her name. That's um, right. <laughs> so as we, as we go, I just want to ask you, um, what is something, you know, when we are lazy geniuses or uh, geniuses about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. And I just want to know, what are you lazy about? And what are you a genius about? Okay. This is so easy for me. I am a lazy housekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I mean, I'm just, I'm just putting, putting it out there and I've become lazier over time. And my place has, has kind of taught me the virtue even, and, and letting some of that go. I mean, there are people that are great at it, that love cleaning. My mother-in-law loves to clean. I mean, I just don't, I like to, I, I like clear surfaces. I don't like a lot of clutter and piles, but I mean, should I mop my floor? Probably <laughs> I should probably do that today, but I'm, but I'm definitely not going to. Um, okay. And the thing that I'm a genius about is food. Yeah, you are. I have, I have fallen into the rhythm of making it my, my, like my purpose, my mission. I don't know, but I, I care a lot about it. I obsess about it. I think a lot about it. I, part of being a genius about food for me, and I, I write about this and start with hello means learning to keep things really simple when it comes to like eating with other people and having, having people in my home to eat. But it also means that if I ever go on a trip with you, I will care so deeply about where we eat each and every meal while we are gone. I will gladly take on, I am, I'm terrible at planning. I don't like to plan. I'm not good at that, but I will plan every meal, every restaurant. Um, so yeah, I'm not necessarily talking even about cooking, but I really care a lot about the food and, and what I eat. It's really I wondered, fun. I wondered if you would even specifically say pickles, that you would be a genius about pickles. If, if those <laughs> of you who might have seen, so Brie McCoy and I do like a series every while, every once in a while, Instagram called Brie and Kendra Eat Stuff. And we did one uh, kind of episode on, on pickles and we taste tested a lot of pickles. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a bad pickle. And Shannon, like all caps in the comments, there's no such thing as a bad pickle. <laughs> like, it, was, it was the energy. The energy oh, was the delight of my life. It was so I was good. so offended, Kendra. <laughs> hey, have you have you made the Shannon Martin pickles? No, no, oh I gosh. haven't. I know, which I life. feel I feel like I've seen them circulating recently a good bit on Instagram, yeah. and it's like, why have I not? This is the pickles? time. Part of it is okay. I'm writing this down. That's another thing that we're gonna do. <laughs> is we're gonna plan like a like a Facetime coffee sometime really soon, and then I'm gonna make Shannon's pickles. Um, one of the things that I am lazy about, like I too, am a genius about food. I'm a genius about flavor. Like I really Ooh, yeah. care about the food that I yes. eat tastes good. Like I don't want to eat anything that does not taste good. Like if we're going to have hot dogs, I'm going to, uh, like turn on the grill and I'm going to grill them. And then I'm going to toast my bun and butter in a skillet. Like I I'm like not going to microwave it. Like if we're going to do right. it, I still want, yes. I want it to taste the best that it can taste. Um, but one of the things that I'm lazy about right now is adding new things to our food. Yeah. Room. It's pretty like set it and forget it in many ways. And so adding something new to the rotation, like making Shannon's pickles is not an easy, it's not an easy thing because yeah. like we order the same stuff from the grocery store. We, you know, like we, yeah. we pretty much eat the same things. And so that's something I miss 
I really miss yeah. that is having like newer things in my life. And so maybe I'll start small with adding something new. And yeah, this, this is such a good gateway for you to practice that because it's, there's no cooking involved. There's no canner pressure cooker, whatever. I mean, it's so, so simple. And right now, at least where I am, like cucumbers are still abundant. Yes. Like now is a good time of year to try it. And you just, I mean, yeah, you just dump stuff in a jar and shake it up and stick it in the fridge. And they are, they're the best pickles I've ever had. I can't wait. I okay. humbly say. <laughs> I love it so much. I will have to, um, I will find, um, I'm going to make a note for myself right now to um, put a link to your um, pickle recipe in the uh, Yeah, you can, there's a really, my, my watercolor artist friend created a really beautiful little recipe that, that folks can download from my website oh, that's if they want so it. Fun. No, yeah. Good. It's like a free okay. little thing that it's so, it's so beautiful. I love that. That is like a lead magnet you have. It's like, <laughs> it's like a beautifully designed it recipe. It's, 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 like, it's, it's like evergreen. It will live there forever. <laughs> if I have any say over it. Most like iconic Shannon Martin fig ever. Oh, I'm just obsessed. I didn't know that. That's oh. so great. Okay. Well, I'm just, so, thank you for being on the podcast. And I'm just thrilled that you, you're, um, can I tell people that I'm your Aaron? Yes. Because you, yes. a lot of you guys know, like when, um, you know, one of, one of the, one of the, um, uh, one of the, like the wise words of doing work on the internet or being a writer or whatever, is that you are writing to one person. You are yeah. making things for one person. Cause if you try to make it for everybody, you don't make anything for anybody. Like yeah. it becomes too general. And so, um, and weirdly, the more specific you get, the more like universally helpful things are. And so my person that I create things for like pretty much exclusively is Aaron moon, who a lot of, you know, if you listen (laughs) to the podcast or the Bible bench, we do, we love Aaron so much. And you've recently told me that I am your Aaron, yeah, which is like, I was like, that's the best thing ever, which is why everything you write, I'm like, give it to me (laughs) immediately. Like, it's just so good. It's so Oh, it was so helpful to have Kendra in my heart and my brain as I wrote. So thank you for being my Erin. <laughs> so if you are like, if you I identify with me in any way, I'm just telling you right now, you need to go and get this book like immediately because it is going to meet you in a way that you knew you wanted to be met, but with in a way that you didn't expect to be possible. It's just such a, it's just an absolute little golden nugget of a book. I just love it so much. I can't wait for people to have it. I love Shannon so much. I can't handle it. I cannot handle how she is such a necessary, kind, practical voice for what it is to be the neighbor. Also, she was not lying about those pickles. I've made them twice since this interview. Uh, Twice is actually not enough times. It should have been five or six, but like I didn't have dill. I'm telling you guys, they're the best pickles ever. This book, Start With Hello, releases October 11th, and I cannot recommend it enough. I cannot recommend it enough. This is the book that we need to step forward one small step at a time in being neighbors. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And until next time, be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. I'm Kendra. I'll see you next week.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.